With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. James Dunn, our news anchor at 6.30, getting into the It's So Hot game. That was a good one, James. It's so hot, Optimus Prime transformed into an air conditioner. Well, of course. you, you, you that That's how hot it is, because Optimus Prime needs to go into an air conditioner. Is he, is he the one? He'd usually be a semi-truck when I he think, transformed? Yes, he'd be a semi-truck, yes. Okay, so Optimus Prime, that, that's a good one, James. Thank you for contributing. I'll have a few more throughout the evening. <laughs> it's so hot, fill in the blank. Uh, what else? I don't know. I printed up this list here. I couldn't think of any on my own. Uh, it's so hot outside. Uh, I, I saw a chicken lay an omelet. That one's kind of funny. <laughs> it is. It is pretty hot out. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Elks at Stampeders. Labor Day Monday. We're already building up for this one. 3.30 for the countdown to kick off the game at 5. Always enjoy having this gentleman on the show, Tom Higgins, checking in. Tom, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent, Reed. It's nice to be on with you, man. It was nice to be up in Edmonton uh, to see a home victory. Well, and you uh, were on the field for Terry Vaughn's ceremony. What's it like for you now being around some of the players you coached 20 years ago? It, you know, it, it's almost like it was yesterday because all of the stories are new, fresh. Uh, but uh, 20 years is a long time, and some of the players I had to take a double take and go, "Okay, yeah, yes, that's who you are." Uh, so no, but it, it doesn't take long to reconnect again, and it was uh, thrilling to, to have had a a little bit of like of a press conference on Saturday, and then on Sunday we were in the uh, quarterback club before the game started and had a uh, a little bit of a town hall and you know with Sean Fleming it was Ricky Ray and Terry Vaughn and myself and Dave Jameson was uh, answering uh, asking the questions and uh, a, a delightful weekend well uh, and speaking of seeing some of your players uh, I mean Ricky's probably on with me once or twice a year and he might be in better shape than when he played I don't know how much you talked to him about it but he does these death races and these endurance races and all this kind of stuff so uh, he's he's still in remarkable shape and obviously Terry Vaughn was there uh, just some thoughts on Terry I mean you got to coach him and got to coach against him um, you know, just a, just one of the most reliable players I've ever seen in the CFL um, he was a receiver that uh, felt he was a running back. Uh, and one of the amazing uh, stats is uh, yak yards. Yak, it's uh, yards after catch. And because he was tough to bring down. And uh, one of the things was really interesting is that I actually came up to Edmonton before he did. Uh, because he, I, I, we were down in Edmonton together. And so when he became a free agent, I was in the ear of Hugh Campbell saying, 
he's a guy that we would like to have. He can help take us over the top. And uh, it, it didn't take much convincing, but it, it did take Hugh to jump in there and uh, make sure we were able to solidify the deal and have him come on up and, uh, you know, be with Tucky, uh, Tucker and, and Hervey too long, good receivers. Uh, then to have a receiver like uh, Terry, um, icing on the cake. I know that uh, when we were able to bring Ricky Ray up, he, he was just smiling left and right, knowing full well that uh, uh, he, he had a lot of young, good athletes to throw to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to tie, uh, and I want to I want to get to some Labor Day memories too, but I want to try to tie together if I can. Hopefully it's not going to be too much of a stretch here. What you went through as a coach uh, with your quarterback situation and maybe what the Elks have gone through this season. Now you had, uh, I believe, an injured Jason Moss, uh, which led to Ricky getting uh, his starts in 2002, and, and, and off he went from there. And now we have Trey Ford hopefully on the way to a pretty good career here in Edmonton, though I know it wasn't an injury issue that, that they made the change. But how difficult can it be for a coach – to go with a a young, inexperienced quarterback? Like, is that one of the most nerve-wracking things a coach has to ever go through? Well, yes in one way and then no in another. Um, So we were ready to go with a two-quarterback system. And uh, Ricky Ray came on up. He was a very late addition in 2002. Uh, A young man that I coached when I was with the Calgary Stampeders, Rick Warman, coached him in, in in indoor football and when he called me up it was just before training camp we did have a spot and i said you know rick knows what it takes to succeed in canada because he was a quarterback up here so we, we we brought him in and um I, I thought that this is a great opportunity because edmonton has always succeeded with having two quarterbacks yeah, and they always had one waiting in the wings and so he really wasn't the number one, but we had one and one A uh, to start with. But the moment that um, Jason got hurt, um, he became number one real quick. And it, it's, uh, you know, to give him weapons to throw to, uh, you know, he has a, a soft touch, maybe not a real strong arm, but nobody can throw a ball better than he could running a corner route because he could just drop it right in there. Uh, and, uh, again, the, the mentality that he had is, you know, uh, yeah, it was the mentality of a, of a, a great quarterback that you know nothing really phased him he never got too excited he never got too low and um had a hall of fame career um and now with trey ford and we saw him not just pass for over 300 yards in the win on sunday but he ran for over 70 on on 10 carries um you've been around the canadian game a long time a lot of CFL quarterbacks, and now we're seeing it more so in the NFL, have that mobility. Um, you know, when you watched Trey Ford, and I, I don't know if you were able to watch every game he's played, but you were there on, on Sunday. Uh, can you tell me about that style that he plays, and is that something um, that is sustainable, or, or is he going to need to be more of a thrower and a little bit less of a runner as he matures? Nope. How do you look at that? Nope, nope, not at all. Um, we had uh, middle-of-the-pack offensive line in Calgary, uh, and we had Danny Barrett, and we were pretty good. We went in 1991, we went to the Grey Cup. Um, we then got Doug Flutie, and our offensive line went from middle-of-the-pack to being the best offensive line 
based on the sack totals, you know, how you protect the quarterback. Well, the problem was you can't rush Doug Flutie without trying to make sure that you contain him, keep him in the pocket. And that's so that means that your rush is not going to be as consistent. Uh, Trey now all of a sudden presents a huge challenge to all the teams that he plays that they might have to have a person that will spy him so that he doesn't get out of the pocket and and hurt you on his feet. So, you know, we were well ahead of the NFL. Uh, They actually do copy us, and a lot of people say, yeah, right. No, no, they do. Uh, they now have quarterbacks that create problems for defenses because all of a sudden when you have a drop-back quarterback, you don't necessarily have to worry about him running. Uh, all you have to do is try to get pressure on him, cover all the receivers, and then you're in good shape. Uh, you cover all the receivers. Uh, you can't got to be careful putting pressure on him because all of a sudden he'll find the open holes and it'll run. Uh, so then – you actually learn to grow with that, and he will get better and better. And the, having that threat of being able to run is giving defensive coordinators in the CFL uh, gray hairs and sleepless nights because it's very difficult to defend. Yeah, I, I love how you put that. And I was talking about that with a couple of colleagues this afternoon, and, and uh, we, we kind of were talking, you know, 10, 10 rushing attempts uh, is, you know, is, is, is a lot that I said, you know, he, I, I don't know if he's always going to run 10 times. But I can't wait for that moment. Hopefully we see this. You know, it's, it's, it's a fourth quarter, and maybe he hasn't run a lot. And then there's a second and eight, and he takes off and gets that first down. That's kind of a dagger first down. You know, it's, it's, and I like how you put it. It's that thread of it, right? He doesn't have to go That's all correct. the time. That's right. But he's got threat. that thread, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tom Higgins joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, I, Tom, I, gave, I don't know if you kept track of this type of stuff. I gave your Labor Day head coaching stats – Earlier in the show, you went three and one with Edmonton, and you went two and one uh, with Calgary. So five and two on Labor Day, pretty good performance by you as a head coach. But I want to go back specifically 20 years in 03. Unfortunately, Edmonton didn't win that one, even though it was a great Cup year. Uh, Calgary wasn't very good, but they upset you guys 28-22. Ricky Ray is going out of bounds. He gets shoved. And then what was your perspective of uh, – it wasn't a full-on brawl, but it was certainly an extended melee. Yes, it was. And so to put it in little perspective, because uh, I was with the Stampeders for nine years coaching. I was with the Eskimos for 11 years. I went back then for another three. So you were talking about 23 years of back-to-back Labor Day classics. And, you know, as, as a head coach, it's completely different. But let me tell you about 2003. Uh, the hit was way out of bounds. Uh, it started, then you, you protect your quarterback, particularly you're on the bench, the Edmonton bench, and uh, all of a sudden the melee occurred out on the field. Now, we ended up losing uh, Ed Hervey. They threw him out of the game. And w- one of the interesting things was, and not a lot of people know this, it's very difficult to play in, in on, a, on a Monday and then play on Friday. What makes it fair if it's the same team? Because you, you have the same bumps and bruises, and it's almost like having an extended half. Um, so the, one of the biggest challenges we had was, was to be able to come on back, but the uh, CFL wasn't going to tell us whether they were going to suspend Ed Hervey until Thursday. And we have to put a team in place. So what we did is we suspended Ed Hervey before the league suspended Ed Hervey. And so that way we knew what our roster was going on in. 
And uh, if, if memory serves me correctly, um, a shutout on a Friday is pretty darn good. It's hard to get shutouts in the CFL, but I, I truly, I think the, the return match, we were 38-0. Yep. But on the battle itself, um, I, I had an actually an embarrassing situation, and I'm glad I was protected by all of the athletes, is on the sideline, there was still a scuffle. And so I'm, I'm trying to pull our athletes off, and somebody was possibly down on the ground or whatever, but as I was backing up, I'm laying on my back. And uh, my, my, what came to mind was the first thing, it, it, it's shocking, is, <laughs> wow, these guys are big. <laughs> and then, then, I, then I, my thought was, I better get up. This is embarrassing. But you can actually see that there is somebody on the ground but you would never know that it was me. So that's where I had my opportunity to witness and, and see some of the things that were happening. Uh, but A.J. Gass, uh, uh, you know, won the helmet throw contest, and uh, they, that, that was a tough thing for the officials to have to, to deal with um, because, again, there wasn't replay at that point in time. And by not having replay, they had to make all their decisions based on what they saw. And you don't see everything with having only seven officials and having uh, 50 athletes on the field. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was a mess. It was I, I, again the whole game is on YouTube, and I watched the uh, the altercation this afternoon. I mean, uh, I think it was uh, was it Jim Daly? What's the name of the, the former yes, Calgary system? Jim, Jim, Jim he, Daly ran all the way across. And Kevin Leftrude wanted to take him on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're, you'll find it funny. There was uh, many years later, uh, Jim Daly got a hold of me on the on a phone, and he said, "I want to apologize." And I'm thinking, apologize for what? And then he reminded me that he he came off of the bench all the way onto our side, and it helped escalate it. Uh, instead of you know staying off the field and not going, um, things escalated. But it, you know what? It it got out of control. It was uh, just one of those things that happened. Tom Higgins joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. Great to catch up with Tom, getting some uh, Labor Day memories, uh, talking some uh, quarterback, talking some Trey Ford here as the Elks will play in Calgary for the Labor Day Classic against the Stampeders coming up here on Monday. The return match these days is is Saturday, Tom. Of course, you get an extra day off. It's not quite the – how hard was that on the coaches, by the way? I mean, yes, the Uh, players physically. How hard is the short turnaround on the coaches? The the, the challenge was is is making any subtle changes because basically what you went into on a Monday is what you needed to do on Friday. Um, but it was interesting because we, we always said that, you know what, uh, as coaches, it needed to be separated further away. And the challenge was is that neither Calgary or Edmonton wanted to give up the gates because those gates were guaranteed sellouts. On Monday, it was a sellout, and then they come back up on uh, Friday. It was a sellout, back to school. It was always delightful to uh, be able to come into a, a full house or to, to coach with a full house. Yeah, and I and I and I hope uh, you know. Obviously, the the Elks' uh, lack of success has has hurt attendance, but I you know I hope that uh, what Trey is doing and hopefully a win on on Labor Day is going to pump up the house on on Saturday because the people that have been have been going have have been into it and are finally getting rewarded here uh, with some better play for sure. Hey, uh, Tom, a couple more things before I let you go, and I always love having. I, I still remember an interview we did uh, shortly after you left your role as director of officiating. 
and I, I stole a line from you from that, and I do give you credit for it, but talking about penalties, and I don't know if you know this, I do the, uh, the call-in show after Oilers games, so sometimes people aren't happy with the officials, and I said, well, Tom Higgins said to me once, okay, the speed limit is 100 kilometers an hour, and you're driving 103. Do you think you should get a ticket? Right, and that uh, you, t- you told Correct. me that That's about right. refs and it's, marginal it's calls. Gray area. Yeah, That's right. yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's it's you know what? Um, the officials make less mistakes than the players and the coaches, and but they're held to a higher standard. And so you know what? Um, I, I I always appreciated the officials, but having uh, six years as director of officiating. Um, really cemented that that there's actually three teams on the field and no one cheers for the team in the black and white uh, and which is okay they they understand that and they they uh they hold themselves a very high standard um but you know what the having having the opportunity to replay to look at it from in the command center uh, is is very helpful in that, uh, you know, I think we have it better off than the NFL does, but um, our, our command center was basically fashioned after uh, what the uh, NFL did. And so, you know, taking, we used to have a little box that you had to look at the play, and it was terrible. That's when I was first started as director of officiating. And when I, we were in Winnipeg at having our officials, uh, we have official weekend where we test them, we, we, uh, we, test them on the rules as well and physically test them. But when I took a look at that, I just said, no, no, this can't happen. And so we, we changed the whole thing to do what the NFL does, that you have somebody in front of the TV screen with high definition, being able to play it back and forth, being able to help make decisions and just make it right. Yeah. Um, I, I have complained and Blake Dermott and I talked about it last uh, or a couple weeks ago about pass interference. I, I would hate to be a defensive back in the CFL because I feel like you can't get away with much. Now, some of the Elks calls, I'll admit, I might be a little bit biased. Um, I don't know if you've if you watch a ton of games, but I, I feel like there have been some very ticky-tack pass interference calls the last couple of years, and I would like to see the defensive backs allow, be allowed to do a little bit more with their hands. Where do you stand on that? Uh, oh, I am too, because I'm defensive-minded, obviously. You know, either either head coaches, you're defensive-minded or offensive-minded. So you know Ron Lancaster, that was real easy. He was offensive-minded. But um, the, the whole trend and the, the pendulum was swung to not be able to even have any contact at all. Uh, if it interferes with his ability to catch the football, which is still a judgment call. Um, so the, the pendulum has swung towards the offense with how, how they're making calls. And that's just the reality. Uh, all you're ever looking for, though, is a consistency amongst the whole crew. And, but no two plays are ever the same. Uh, it, in the beginning of the football season, we actually have video clips that the head coaches agree upon that this is pass interference, this is not. And then when we show them to, we go around, and the director of officiating will go to every uh, team and show them the video, and there's the offensive coaches, the defensive coaches, the head coaches there, and one of those guys sides are not happy with it. Oh, that isn't pass interference. <laughs> and we just say, wait a second, if you have any concerns, 
tell your coach because he agreed to that right. with pass interference, <laughs> right? And so, you know what, you, it, it, you're always going to have, even professional coaches are never going to agree on it. You know, it depends what side of the ball you're on, whether it's the offensive side or the defensive side. And then what, are you on the home team? Are you cheering for them? Or are you cheering for the visiting team? Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's never going to be a hundred percent clean. You're, you're always going to be uh, a little controversial, but, Six plays determine the outcome of a football game. So uh, one bad officiating call should not determine the outcome of a football game. Uh, quickly, Tom, before I let you go, let everybody know what you're up to these days football-wise. <laughs> I, 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 the only level that I haven't coached is junior football. And so I'm, I'm coaching with the Calgary Colts and doing a lot of volunteer work as well. But uh, with the Calgary Colts, it's uh, – I don't have any more gray hair to, to have because it's all gray uh, and I can't lose anymore. Uh, we're a very young team, uh, but they're eager. They work in hard. And so maybe we'll come away with a victory soon. We, we started the season 0-3. And so all we have to do is look forward to the next game and see if we can improve and see if we get our first W of the week of the, the season. Tom. I love having you on the show. You're a great storyteller, and you provide great information as well. Thank you for being so generous with your time. All the best with the Colts, and I hope we talk again soon. Uh, I, I love it. Thank you. And, uh, uh, again, enjoy the rest of the football season. It's going to be a great finish. Right on. That is Tom Higgins checking in. Of course, 2003 Grey Cup champion coach here in Edmonton and uh, now working as a defensive coordinator for the Calgary Colts in the Prairie Football Conference. Uh, and I always love his perspective on officiating as he was the CFL Director of Officiating for several seasons. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chat Inside Sports. All right, our off-topic topic. Since it's, what is it now? I think it's it's 32. It may have dropped at a degree from 33. It's so hot. And then you tell us uh, it's so hot. Like, here's one. It's another chicken one. It's so hot, chickens are laying hard-boiled eggs. What do we have coming in, Kellen? <laughs> Our uh, avian friends are uh, getting picked on tonight on a text line, too. So we got some chicken ones as well. But we got to talk steak here because Richard texts in and says, it's so hot that I just cooked a steak on my barbecue without turning it on. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, that's pretty hot. Pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty pretty hot night. Uh, what else we got here? We got, Okay. It popped back up again, so I'm ready to go. Uh, Ron texts in and says, it is so hot that all yoga today is hot yoga. Oh, that's a pretty good one. We also got, uh, now this one I might take a little bit of, as an Elks fan, I, I take a little bit of issue with here. Uh, Farmer Mash texts in and says, it's so hot that even Elks fans think that Pilsner is refreshing. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> that's insane. There we go. Uh, Ryan says, it's so hot that it feels like 32.4% outside. 
it's a power play reference, I believe. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, oh, there we go. Hey, give him a shirt. Give him a shirt. Okay, there we go. Because he tied a bunch of topics together. That's good. That's really good. Mm. I didn't even. He was so clever. He confused me at first. Uh, I'm easily confused. More to come, Reed. They're coming in. Oh, good. That's fun. All right. Uh, yeah, this is great. We'll get to more of those. And uh, Oil Kings are getting ready to go. We'll get the story there. It's Inside Sports.